COVID-19 jab. Teacher and author Alias Winton had her first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine back in April, followed by what she describes as four days of terrible flu-like side effects. A month later, she saw a video on Facebook of an American woman sticking metal objects onto her arm where she'd had her vaccination. I thought, that's complete nonsense. I'm going to disprove this, said Alias. She also tried a 20-piece coin which also stuck to her arm, but only on the area where she'd had the COVID-19 jab. Alice, who is an award-winning author specialising in education and dyslexia, said the reaction had been incredulous. I showed my brother, who thought I was insane, she said. People at work are also really shocked by it, although one of my colleagues found out she could do it too. It's such a crazy thing. Alice said that she rang the COVID vaccine side effects helpline to report the phenomenon, but she was met by disbelief. The woman just laughed, she said. That can't be right. How is that possible? I'd love to know how it's, how it's possible and how I'm magnetic, said Alice. She said that she's not a conspiracy theorist or an anti-vaccinator. I was happy to get the vaccination done, she said. I don't buy into the conspiracy theories. I just think the fact that I'm magnetic is really weird. It's a new vaccine. Nobody knows what's going to happen to it or what's involved with it. It's had to happen really quickly. Alice posted a video of her magnetic arm onto her personal Facebook page. David Powers Police has confirmed that three men have been arrested on suspicion of going equipped to steal after receiving reports from Little Haven. The received reports concern people acting suspiciously in St Brides Road, Little Haven, at around 2.20am on Thursday, June the 17th. Officers from Milford Haven Police, Joint Firearms Unit and Pembrokeshire Roads Policing Unit attended and arrested the three men. David Powers Police said all three have since been released under investigation, pending further inquiries. Eighteen new coronavirus cases have been recorded in the Huelvar Health Board area over the weekend, according to the figures of June the 20th. Public Health Wales data show there were six new cases in Carmarthenshire, none in Ceredigion and 12 in Pembrokeshire. Across Wales, 158 new cases were confirmed, with no new COVID-19 deaths reported. The total number of cases in Wales is now 214,721, with 5,572 deaths. Two extremely rare Wedgwood bowls found in a house near Fishguard will come up for auction next month with an expected combined value up to £6,200. The bowls were spotted on a house visit by auctioneers Roger Jones & Co during a recent house visit to North Pembrokeshire, who described themselves as stunned at the find. Auctioneer Charles Hampshire recognised the bowl as Wedgwood and the designer as Daisy Maykig Jones, but the pattern was one he'd never come across before, said auctioneer and valuer Charles. Hampshire. After consultation with colleague Philip Keith, the pattern was identified and the extremely rare leaping chamois, decorated with a Persian-Celtic border and dating back to the late 1920s. Unbelievably, this was one of two bowls in this pattern that were in the house. And finally, two reasons to celebrate. Monday, June the 21st, is summer solstice, the longest day of the year. And also, Wales footballers go forward to the knockout stages of the Euros 2020 despite losing 1-0 to Italy. And that's it. You're up to date with the Pembrokeshire News. With me, Kim Thomas. Live from our studios in Haverford West, this is Pure West Radio.
Well, a very good evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. We are live right now on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and tonight we will talk Wales as Rob Page's side qualify for the last 16 of the Euros with one of the greatest 1-0 defeats <laughs> of all time against Italy yesterday. Next up, all roads lead to Amsterdam and we'll look ahead on that on the show and can Wales navigate that last 16 tie also we're going to be joined by former Narbeth RFC chairman Dorian Phillips who was awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours for Services to Sport we'll talk to him about rugby but also his many years as a head coach of the Thamboidi Tug of War team uh, we'll talk to him about that and we'll also recall when Fraser went and trained with the side I wonder why he didn't get a game why he didn't stick it out we'll find out we We've got the latest Pembrokeshire cricket news as well. Uh, Nayland are flying the flag, aren't they? They reached the last 16 of the Vonius Village Cup yesterday. Another long journey ahead of them, but we've got their skipper, Sean Hannon, on the show to tell us if they're dreaming of a Lord's final in Nayland. That's all to come between now and nine. You can get involved on the Facebook page and hashtag Pure West Sport on social media. Let's say good evening to the guys. Bill Khan, how are you? Fine, thank you, Ben. Yeah, been looking forward to the show. It's uh, nice to see you guys again, all looking pretty fit there. Good stuff. Looking resplendent in his Welsh shirt as well. I did think about wearing an English shirt, but Gordon's already been ribbing me about Friday night's performance. Fraser Watson. Yeah, very happy this morning, Ben. Put it through the middle a bit, didn't they, when, when Switzerland started scoring those goals against Turkey and it wanted to be second or third for a bit. But overall, I think they played very well in the circumstances. And can, you, can you ask him why he wears a hat indoors? Because my gran used to tell me that was rude. I think it's very fashionable, so Bill. Yeah, your grand needs to get with the times, Bill. <laughs> He's got quite a range of caps, actually, Fraser. Yeah. I've actually got a friend who watches the show every week and always comments about Fraser's no caps. Shame in, there's no shame in being bald. <laughs> I've got my own. I start my own brand. You want to be an idea for me? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Quite a cult following for Fraser's caps. Like, they'll, have own, they'll have its own Twitter account before we know it. And Gordon, how are we? All right. I'm very good after Friday evening, Ben. And you know, football's <laughs> coming home and all that. But Scotland played very well and put a dampener on uh, the the old enemy, we should say. If you, if you want to talk about that, well, let's let's talk about Wales first, shall we? And then, no, then let's some... talk about England, mate. You love to talk about <laughs> England, right, so let's right. keep it going. Uh, okay, Harry well, Kane, well... what's going on with him then, man? <laughs> well, Harry Kane got zero service, I think, in the first two games, really, and, and he, he's having to drop deep and get involved. He does it for Tottenham. Bad selection, do you think, or do you think, uh, you know, the midfield but... didn't quite fire, so he needs to get those the ball? So uh, yeah, are you I... saying the England midfield was poor? I, I think that the setup wasn't right against Scotland. There's no doubt about it. I think the fullbacks didn't really have the impact Southgate was hoping. Mm. I find it quite strange that the, England have played two games in the tournament now and used four different fullbacks. Yeah. Um, I think that's a problem. I think if, if you look at Wales as an example, if you look at yeah. Italy as an example, they've barely changed their side. Italy yeah. did for that final game when they were through. Wales have just tweaked a little bit. The good sides have done. Southgate, I think, needs to work out his best team. And I, I think yeah, that's it's a problem. bit later when you're in the tournament trying to work out your best team. He should know his best team and he should be playing it already. Uh, yeah. What do you think uh, about Czechoslovakia, they beat Scotland 2-0. Are England going to be confident going into well, that game? It is at Wembley, of course. Yeah, I, I think England will feel they can win the game tomorrow and probably should. So I, I think you, you might see Grealish start. I know Bill's a fan of Grealish, I think, you, you yeah. said in previous yeah, definitely shows. definitely I am I, as well. I think, 
I think Jack Grealish has to play, um, and I think with Mason Mount probably missing out now, that that will be forced somewhat. But the, the problem Southgate's got now, and and we will talk about Wales in just a sec, but the, the problem Southgate has got is that he made changes for the Scotland game, changed both his fullbacks, left Grealish on the bench. Arguably, England could be going into a crucial game tomorrow with another four or five changes. And and you think if you're going through a tournament, at some point you do need the team to, to grow into the tournament. And that's how good teams progress. You, you just make tweaks here he, and there. Uh, he did too much tinkering in the warm-up games, I felt, man. And he was playing guys who weren't even going to be in the Euros. I never understood what that was about. You're supposed to be gelling a team together exactly. for the competition. So he, he obviously doesn't know what his best lineup is. No, exactly right. And I think until he gets there, England will struggle. I think they probably will win tomorrow. I think the tournament may have hit its low point on Friday. What I would say on Harry Kane, by the way, is England are nowhere near a, a good enough side to even think about leaving Harry Kane out of the starting eleven in a game they need to win. Because if they give him a chance, who do you want on the end of it? You want Harry Kane on the end of it. They just need to get the service to him. Um, so any idea of that, and I think Southgate's come out today and said he won't do that, is just ridiculous. So mm. we'll, we'll see. I think Southgate's made it difficult for himself. Still time to, to change that around, and, and his team selection tomorrow will be crucial. Um, and there's, there's work to do. There's, there's no doubt about it. Because Scotland deserved to win on Friday night, really, on, on, on the balance. They had the clearest chances and should have scored. And I think Scotland, and this won't be popular with some of our Scottish listeners, Scotland tomorrow night will probably lose to Croatia. And I think they will be kicking themselves that they didn't get more on Friday against England at yeah, Wembley. Possibly. You, do you mind if I pop out and have a, make a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, not at all, Billy. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have a coffee, Bill, if you're offering. Let's let's talk God. about Wales. Let's talk we about Wales, shall we? Talking about England. <laughs> well, Gordon asked. Well, I was ask. only winding him up, Bill, but he, he <laughs> went to the line and shake him. I have to say, that's I have to say that's done me the world of good. I've needed that. What did we think about Wales yesterday? Uh, Bill, kick us off, because uh, they, they were backs against the wall, there's no doubt about it, but that was a, a pretty heroic 1-0 defeat in the circumstances. Yeah, they're battling hard. No one will ever be able to say, and the Rob Pace, that they haven't given 100%. And you have to admire, we were talking beforehand with the goalkeeper and some of the midfield players who, who can't get into the championship, let alone the premiership. But they're battling hard and I love to see them doing well. I still don't think they're going to advance it as far as England will. I hate to say it, but I but I, I don't think they will. But in the end, it's a Mickey Mouse tournament, right? Where are they going to play? <laughs> England playing at home. Players uh, playing again. Baku, uh, Italy, yeah, it's crackers. I, I gave it some thought actually, and I, I think it, I, I've decided we shouldn't be too we shouldn't get too hung up on the venues. It's it's the same for every side. We I shouldn't think get too like, yeah. I think yeah, it's that, not the same for every side. I think too much has been made of that, to be honest now. I think I, I totally disagree with the format in terms of, from a spectator point of view, and also, of course, the in this current situation to encourage so much travelling, I think has been quite bizarre. But I think it's. It, too ready made excuses for a lot of teams now it's an elite international tournament the European Championships is you've got to be prepared to travel more often than not you've got to be prepared to play in circumstances that don't suit you and the players have known the format going in you know and, and I don't think I know there won't be Welsh fans travelling to Amsterdam you've seen that as a blow for Wales but I, I, I don't want to see anyone dwelling on that I think Wales have a big opportunity now they said at the start of this Euros and it wasn't a belligerence that 
this is one of the most talented group of Welsh players I've ever seen, you know, and I thought not qualifying from that group would have represented failure. And now you, you look at who they could be possibly playing in the last 16, it could be perhaps Finland or Russia or Denmark, it's an eminently winnable game. So, you know, it, it's been good from Wales so far, but the question ahead is how good do they want to make it? And I think next Saturday could represent a huge chance. Can I just say very briefly, it is something to do with the venues because there are four or five teams who are playing nearly all the games at home. That's crap. It's really not fair to some of the teams. If they're all away and you've got one team get it, like England in 66, that's fair enough. It's also the same thing. You know, you can you can qualify for this, come in third in your section number four. But that, will, games, I mean, that, that will yeah. sort itself out, though. Come the next yeah, round, that yeah. will it's sort itself done. out. It's because all done the television. And a, lot, a lot's been made of the venues. When you look at some of the results, Scotland going to Wembley, holding England, Wales went to Baku. So much was made of the supposed hostile yeah. uh, atmosphere in a away game against Turkey, 1-2-0. You know, we saw, um, we, we've seen away wins. We saw Portugal go to Hungary, didn't we? And win 3-0 in what was 30,000 there in Budapest. And Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> wasn't intimidated, was he? So, no. you know, look, it, it is a poor format, I don't I think it's a commercial yeah. thing, but I, I think teams are dwelling on it too much now. Gordon, what was your thoughts on, on Wales and, and how far can they go? And, and well, interesting just to pick up on Fraser's let's, point. Let's get real about this. Wales played an Italian side, which was basically their second team. <laughs> and yes, I, I, I'm Welsh through and through, and I want them to do well. But we're all jumping on the wave thinking that Wales are going to get to the semi finals again. I'm they, not. No, but I'm a lot not. of a lot of the fans are, Bill. I'm not saying here in yeah. this place we are, but they're all getting a little bit carried away. Um, we're all relying on. On Bale, uh, Allen, and Ramsey to perform every time. Uh, I have to say, Joe Roden's had an outstanding. outstanding uh, yeah. yeah, at the back, yeah. he's been really slick and strong. Uh, I have to applaud him. He played really well in all the games. To be fair, but you know, we, as Fraser has pointed out, <clears throat> it is a winnable game. The next one with the three nations they could possibly play, and you're thinking. Well, how how did that happen if England don't qualify? Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Gordon. Come on. Um, Although we will will revisit this tomorrow night. Well, I'm not going to be feeling particularly confident. And I I don't doubt you'll be messaging me if this happens. Fraser called it, though, at the start. Fraser said he he thought Wales would qualify from the group. I'm interested in Fraser's point. Gordon said they'd finish second in the group. I will revisit. I'll look at the minutes, Gordon. Okay. I will look at the minutes. I I do think we all we all gave Fraser a look when he said that, and he was very confident. What what I, what I just ask you, all three of you actually, and Fraser, you, you made the point about how good this Welsh squad is. Um, do you think it's better than the 2016 squad? Yes, yeah, certainly. I, I I think it's stronger all round. I think there's better depth of talent, and I think the manner in which they play is a far more threatening. I think they've got a lot more pace in the side now. You brought Dan James into it. You have. Gareth Bale is obviously such a focal point, but I don't think we're wholly reliant on him going forward anymore. Um, and I think overall the squad is a lot stronger. You know, I, I, I take Gordon's point. We're not looking to replicate a run to the semi-finals mm. of, like five years ago. That's, that's possibly asking too much, but I certainly think this is a squad that can progress. You know, and, and they should be looking to go to Saturday and win. And, and yes, I do. I, I think it's a stronger group of players than the one that went to France five years ago. That's very interesting. Gordon? Well, Gunter was unlucky not to score his first international goal with a header <laughs> yesterday. Very unlucky from a Dan James corner. And then Aaron Ramsey was through on goal, and I don't know what happened to him. He must have had goal fever because he, I don't know, he didn't even have a shot, did he? He tried to put it into the six yard box for somebody to tap it in. And then Gareth Bale, of all people, mm. a volley right at the end, left foot volley. 
you you would have put your house on that going into the back of the net and he skied it over so Wales could have possibly got a draw out of the game but I have to say Italy were good value for their victory Italy looks slick, don't they? they uh, what, do. I've been impressed, and I think we'll, we'll probably talk a bit about this before the end, but some of the unsung heroes in, in the Welsh side. But also, um, I, I don't know what you make of Gareth Bale's leadership on the pitch, but I actually think he's 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 showing some of it. At, you know, you've got the players in the huddle. You could see him really demanding some focus when it was it was 1-0 in those final 15 minutes or so. From a leadership point of view, he seems to have grown into that as the tournament's gone on, which is important and, and will be needed again um, on Saturday. The other thing I thought we'll, we'll talk about, and we will, we'll come back to some predictions for, for Wales in, in the last 16 before we finish, but uh, the other one who, who caught my eye over the weekend, it's just incredible. Cristiano Ronaldo at the age of 36 looks better than ever. Um, and it made me just think, who who are some of the, the local players in any sport who've either got better with age or who's some of the oldest players we can remember representing a senior side in, in Pembrokeshire. Bill? Oh, blame. I was suggesting it was you, but just No, wondering. no, no. Uh, that's a very hard question. Blame Charlie. You, you know a few, Bill. Well, off the top of my head, um, I'd have to say um, uh, Sean Pemberton, when he came to, to Harvard West County, was a decent, raw Kick anything that moved centre half and became not just a, a better player, superb in the end, a natural leader. It's well known that I'm a great advocate of this. Um, you know, I just think he was outstanding. Um, let the other boys have a chat now. Let us think about a couple more. Then. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we'll have some during the Mackie show as well. In, in the Senior Cup final when he was 42. <laughs> and fair play he was not out of place he was playing alongside Decker as well Decker Thomas who was 38 at the time also how about Gary Stevens then Bill you remember Gary playing for Johnson he must have been in his 50s uh, yeah, and he was still playing at left back uh, then. Incredible. I don't think I, he wasn't playing as well then, but he's still. Oh, no, but he was getting... still putting on the boots and going <laughs> out. Give him a chance, but he's in his 50s. The one, yeah. who, the one well, who always impressed me when I played against him, actually, he was into his 50s, I'm sure he was, but then was Gerald Hicks. You know, he, yeah. he, he, yeah, he was one comment. of those class players, which, in a sense, Ronaldo has, obviously, at a different no. level of football, no. in that he was able to adapt his game. As he got older, you know, obviously physically, Gerald had waned by then. But I remember him marking, I mean, and his football intelligence and his timing and yeah. the places he sat. You could tell he was a class footballer back in the day. So he always stood out for me as as one of those players who, no matter how old he got, was still so effective. Yeah, yeah, okay. I agree with that. Well, I- We'll have some more of those then. So if anyone wants to suggest some of the, the mm. oldest sportsmen and women to, to play in Pembrokeshire, that would be good. And other examples of sportsmen and women who just seem to be ageless and, and get better with age, like, like Ronaldo, who just gets better and better. And we will have a bit more on Wales before uh, we finish at nine as well. So give us some of your thoughts on how far Rob Page can take the side as they get ready for a last 16 game in Amsterdam. Next, though, uh, we're going to talk to Dorian Phillips, who uh, was given an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours List, former chairman of Narbeth RFC, but also heavily involved with the Atlamboidi tug of war team. Multiple times they've been Welsh champions. It's a sport we've not covered, I don't think, on the show just yet, and we're going to do something about that in just a few moments' time. That's next on Pure West Sport. Introducing My Pems, the online marketplace for independent sellers in Pembrokeshire. Looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online? Want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers? Then check out mypems.com 
We're only a click away and could be the answer to taking the stress out of selling your products online. So whether you're a shop, an independent artist or maker, connect direct with customers and join a growing movement looking to buy locally at MyPems. For the perfect solution, contact Lillian and the team at MyPems.com. Castle Hot Tubs are Wales's largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk a warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston want to win a hot tub for a week tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company big enough to cope, small enough to care Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent, calling all actors, singers, dancers, and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com. <laughs> Witness the evil power of Bedhead. No! My hair! Won't anyone help me? Stop right there, Bedhead! Your reign of hair-meddling terror is over. Freestyle, my old nemesis. You can't stop me, boyo. Guess again. Eat laser. No! I'll get you next time, freestyle. Oh, thank you. No problem. When it comes to Bedhead, you just got a freestyle. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield, Haverford West, on 07827 445589. This is Pure. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Kissing, cuddling, rose 
And it's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Really good to have your company this evening. Still to come, we're going to uh, look at Nayland reaching the last 16 of the Vonius Village Cup. They are flying the flag for Pembrokeshire. They're into the last 16 with a good win yesterday. We've got Nayland's captain, Sean Hannon, joining us before nine o'clock on the show. You can get involved as well. We're live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. And our guest this evening was recently awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours list for services to sport. Uh, Dorian Phillips is with us. He's former chairman of Narbeth RFC and long-term, uh, but recently retired head coach of the Clamboydy Tug of War Club. Good evening. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? All right. Yeah, re- really good, thanks. And it's great. We've got so much to talk to you about. We're going to talk about Narbeth. We're going to talk about your, your time at Lamboidi. But congratulations on, on the MBE. How, how did it feel to be recognised in that way? Uh, I was chuffed. A bit of a surprise that the start was really chuffed. And uh, I think uh, the main thing, I've, I'm glad no, I've had the award for for service I've done without getting paid and I think that's a big thing because you, you see a lot having these awards and they know that's their paid job but yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah I felt that it was uh, good because I, it's uh, something I've done um, in my spare time really yeah. we, we've got lots to ask you about but let, let's talk about Flamboydi and, and, and the tug of war club because it's a, a sport we've not covered on the show before but we, we love to cover different sports on, on Pure West and this is something that's that's been a, a, a long term thing for you like I said you've recently retired but 53 years as the head coach J- just to people watching and listening how did it all come about in the first place? Yeah just uh, having been 53 years as head, co- head coach has been pulled for and last 20 years I've been coaching. Um, it came about, well, it started off with um, just going around local sports and carnivals and things like that and starting to be successful there. And then we moved on and um, in 19, we started in 1969 and we were doing really well in the local sports and carnivals and winning all that. And um, we decided to join the Welsh to Go Association in 1970 and then um, our first year we won uh, two well the newcomers championships in the welsh championships plus another another weight and after that then we've um, it's only in one year i think it was 1981 that's the only year that we haven't come home without a medal uh, from the welsh uh, 
must have been an inquest that that year then. Fraser. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a lot of boys retiring, and we started off with a new squad, and uh, so we rebuilt really. Yeah. Dory Adam, like Ben said, congratulations, a great honour and well and well deserved for you. But um, you know, I was. I was I'm not going to say lucky enough, but I was able to go down and have an insight into how you guys traded Lamborghini. It took me a good few weeks to recover afterwards. But but for people watching and who perhaps don't understand the concept of tug of war, you know, how do how would you explain it? In that, to some, it's such a simplistic sport, but it's a lot more to it than, than heavy blokes just put, pulling a rope, isn't it? And you know, and I got an insight into what you do. And there's running, there's cardio, there's strength, there's the coordination, and also the mental strength needed as well. You know, because some pretty bleak moments at there during those times, isn't there? So, uh, how do you how do you coach a side and to go and cover all of those aspects? What's the keys to it? Well, first of all, it's got to be really ded- dedicated and. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot of other sports like rugby innings, but uh War is one of the hardest sports you can have. And um, yeah, as you've mentioned, there's a lot to it. Um, one thing you didn't mention, there was dieting as well. Of course, Because yeah. uh, everybody thinks that you need just big men, strong men for, for Tug of War, but it's not that. It's all weight categories. It is a bit like boxing. It's all down to weight categories. And um, there's five different weights in the, like in the Welsh Championships. Then. And uh, you need a squad that can go from an average man of 11, 11 kia stone to any catch weight, which is uh, any weight. So you need eight really light boys to get into your lighter weights. So and did you have you need a mixture. did you have cases of many guys turning up who maybe were well built but were strong, but then didn't necessarily have the technical side to to it, which yeah. they perhaps didn't realise existed. Yeah, the problem is the heavier you are, it's the harder it is for your arms and the harder to stay on that rope. You know, a lighter man will always outlast uh, a heavy man if he can hold him for a while. Yeah. Dorian, um, I want to take you back to 1977 when you were pulling for Flamboydy, actually, and you won the World Championships. What was the feeling around the village then and your club when you became the World Champions in Tug of War? Yeah, it was massive, really massive, and it's put Flamboydy on the map ever since, and uh, talk about Flamboydy, and it always comes back to the Tug of War. Yeah, it was a huge, uh, huge uh, year for us that year. We'd been knocking on the door for for the... We'd had silver five times before that uh, in 77. Yeah. And we went to a year, previous year to South Africa and had silver there again. So it was our turn to uh, to win it in uh, Jersey then. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's a really good time. It's a really good time, and uh, especially after as well, you know. Pardon my ignorance. How many people actually pull in a team in the tug of war? Yeah. I have no idea. Eight. Eight, eight it is, is it? Yeah. yeah. And do you, eight of the world champions, ever get together now to reminisce on those uh, winning uh, the world not, championships over no, a few beers? Uh, not very often, no. No, unfortunately, no. Um, so I would say the two has passed away. So, so um, no, we don't meet as often as we should, anyway. No. 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 Phil. No. Yeah, well done, Dorian. Joining the congratulations, and you're right. There are too many people, like actors and singers, who get it for being actors or singers or politicians, richly deserved. I mean, anyone who spends that time with one club, it's epic. I'm always interested in the tactics because I think I remember you telling me once that you would never go with an eight. You'd go with more than that because you'd have to fiddle with weights. You know, you'd have to manipulate the weights to make sure you had. The, the right person at the front, right anchor man is the last one called. 
Anchorman, yeah, that's right. Anchorman, yeah. you are Gordon. See, I know a bit more about. Well done, mate. <laughs> I'm impressed. I think yeah. you would be a great anchorman. What do you think, Torian? <laughs> no, I'm too fat and heavy. And don't no, that's where you need to be at the fat man. I read you in his day. But you, so as coach, you'd you'd have a tactical aspect of your your pulling as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, it's um, as, uh, you need at least twelve in your squad, at least mm. twelve with a mixture of weights. To get down into the, all the weights, yeah, and it's really tough, you know. The especially before championships and things like that, you'd um, w- really watch your diets, and you'd, uh, your weight would be right down to your minimum weight, like. Right? And then you'd sauna the night before, and um, oh my God. so it's really you can lose anything up to twenty kilos per team just the the day before by not eating anything and sauna. And uh, so, yeah, it's very tough. And if you don't do it, the other clubs do it, and you don't do it, and you're a disadvantage to start with. What does the the future hold for for tug-of-war as a sport, um, Dorian, in in Pembrokeshire, in Wales, and and beyond? Obviously, we're going to talk about Narbeth RFC and and, and your involvement there, but it's been a difficult year for so many sports, hasn't it, with with COVID restrictions. Is, Is there a future still? Is there still an interest there? Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, people are very keen to come back. We've only started back in competitions two weeks, but it's been very difficult. Nothing last year, and um, there's not nowhere near as many clubs now than that used to be years ago. Then, but um, you know, you you get a dozen clubs in Wales and the like that, but they're all pretty good clubs. Then you know, mm-hmm. um, years ago you'd have perhaps twenty, thirty, but now a lot of the good pullers, all the good pullers, have gone to a, to the one club then so yeah it's uh, it's been a struggle to uh, kick it off again but uh, hopefully we got the Welsh Championships we've organised the Welsh Championships for August the 7th and the UK Championships is going to go ahead in England so we haven't got to travel really far Can I, can I ask in all the time you've been involved I say Fraser's taking part I've seen the stuff what was the hardest thing you devised as part of the training what was the toughest thing you thought? This will make the blighters squirm a bit. <laughs> now, don't tell me you're a nice guy and you didn't, because I've seen you on a rugby pitch, right? <laughs> oh, they got to work really hard, really, mm. really, really hard. And uh, I would think, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Cambodia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a really, if you go to the shop in Cambodia and the playing field is down below the shop, and then you get that steep hill going up, oh. coming out of Cambodia. Right, so I've got to pick up uh, a transit pickup. We put a ten bag on the top of the on the on the back of that, and uh, it's a good mile up that hill. Oh. And um, you get eight boys uh, in the trainers, obviously. Then, and you get eight boys to I'm in sitting in the van, uh, driving the van. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the boss. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they've got to pull that van up to the top of the hill. Obviously, they won't do it without stopping, but that's the hardest. And uh, what they do, they I get them to work for a minute. Minute is a long, long time on the rope. It's a hell of a long time, okay? Oh. But I get them to work for a minute, minute and a half. And then well, they'd go about 100 yards in that minute, which is really slog. Yeah. And then I'd, uh, yeah. they'd give them a break, but they, their break would be to run down to the bottom of the hill and back up. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that would be their rest. 
further, further they went up the hill, the further they got to run down and back up. We should ask Fraser, and, and I think his article that he did uh, was, was on PembrokeShireSport.co.uk a few years ago. Um, Fraser, what was it like when you when you went to, to a training night? Oh, incredibly difficult. You know, I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I think I said when I got there and, and boys were running, I think that night a few boys had run four or five miles prior to training Dorian, to, to mix the cardio with that. And it was, it was mentally, it was very hard and, and you had to dig deep. And I've never been something like that before where you, you, almost, you did feel a duty. Obviously, there were people there so much more gifted than me, but you did feel guilty that you couldn't let others down. You know, there were, there were times when I'd have given anything to have dropped the rope. Well, when, when Dorian wasn't watching anyway, if, he'd see, if, he, if I'd done it when he's watched, he would have heard about it. But, you know, you could see people grimacing in front of you, people struggling behind you. And I could I could certainly see where the sense of cohesion and team spirit comes from that because you really, you, you're going to the wall, you know, with, with guys, you know, and it was, no, it was incredibly tough. And, and my arms, my arms didn't recover for a good few days afterwards, I tell you that. But no, it, it was insightful. And, and as I touched on the fight, it was just fascinating to see how many different fitness components that these boys were beasted on yeah. you know, I, I, it was there was a lot more to it like we spoke earlier than uh, yanking a rope as hard as you can yeah, yeah, it's good. But you've done a great job putting telling us all about that that sport um, th- this evening. It's really good to hear about something we've we've never covered on the show um, so far. So, so thank you for that. We, we should also talk about um, your, your time with, with Narbeth as as a former chairman, but also heavily involved with with the club still. And um, for for all rugby clubs, Dorian, is and we've spoken about this over the last few months. It's been a, a very difficult time. How how are things at Narbeth? I know frustrating that you've not been able to play, but you've used the time as a club to do quite a bit of work on the ground yeah. yeah there's a lot of work being done in the club and uh, really got the committee and everybody and, and the whole community together really yeah there's a lot of work there's a new um, little cafe area that's uh, been built um, Bill would be delighted about that, don't you? Yeah, I'm impressed by that. You can even go inside and sit in this one, Bill. Yeah, so a lot of work's been done in the clubhouse. We've um, refurbished the old bar and decorated right through, so it's quite a bit done, and uh, and, and on the ground as well. We, uh, we drained the, uh, both pitches, so a lot of work been done there. It's, um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you've never been a, a sit-back chairman, during the, the times you were you were there. I mean, some of the stuff that you've helped to do there, you've done as uh, you know as a volunteer. But I mean, your your experience in the building trade has been yeah. invaluable mm. in putting these things together as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, especially in the in the nineties when I finished playing and. Um, Went on the committee. That's when they did the development, the new stand, yeah. and, the, and the new clubhouse. Well, we did all the clubhouse, so a voluntary work, and just mm-hmm. led that. Uh, yeah, yeah, for a lot. Put a lot of that uh, ex- uh, expertise into that. Then. What yeah. about your playing days, then, Dorian? I I tend to remember yeah, you playing against play, each other. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, early uh, 80s. I, the game has changed so much. Do you think they? Uh, the the boys of today has had so much fun as what we did in our day. I know generations are different. Do you, the game has changed a lot. What are your thoughts on that during your oh. period when you played and the guys now? I don't think they get as much fun as we used to get out of it. But I'm um, glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to be fair, I think they train a lot harder now. Mind you, know they go to train every day. So well, they haven't been to Flamboydy, mate. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. no. But uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's a, cl- a lot cleaner game. 
harder yeah. game where they, they yeah. got a, mm. uh, physically a lot harder, but uh, a lot cleaner game. Isn't it? Yeah. But um, I'm sure that when we played Gordon, that uh, if you ask these players we, that played then, they do the same training as what they're doing now, and it. It's, yeah, exactly. Just, Every generation has a tale yeah. to say, haven't they? You know. And uh, we certainly had some good uh, times and and a few beers in that Lewis Lloyd clubhouse, <laughs> yeah. mate. I, I, yeah. I could imagine. I think we're gonna before we, we move on to to look at uh, Nayland's cricket success. I think I should let uh, for a question to a, a former Narbuth chairman come from Whitland's Fraser Watson. Yeah, we weren't gonna get into that too deeply. <laughs> that, but, um, no, Dolly, I, I know this is possibly the wrong time to be asking it because we're at a time now where we think every every club is, is just more concentrated on getting back up and running safely again as opposed to having targets and goals but on a serious note now Narbeth have been a, a championship side for a long time now cemented as a very solid one come close to the top of the table a couple of times can you envisage a time in the next five ten years where the club can can push up and, and look to go up to the principality premiership I know there's a lot of complications involving licenses and, and applications and so on but realistically you think that's in the foreseeable future you'll be in a position to do that I think licensing and uh, and the grounds and everything we we'd manage that. Yeah, yeah we, we, we we nearly went for a near license two years ago. Then we could have gone for a near license, but we left it in the end. But yeah, I think the grounds facilities is fine. But um, it's all right going up to Premiership. Staying up there is going to be the problem, isn't it? And um, sure. you know we're only a small um, village town. I know we get a lot of outsiders, uh, a lot yeah. of Premiership players yeah. players in now. We're a lot more Premiership players with us now. It's more or less three quarters Pembrokeshire players, so which is really good. And uh, but uh, I'm not sure about going up to the Premiership myself. The truth, and um, I think we're better off on uh, staying at, uh, near the top in the uh, Championship. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, listen, uh, Doran, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Congratulations once again on on your MBA. Yeah. You you nailed it at the start when to, to get recognised for for voluntary work you've done in sport in, yeah, in Pembrokeshire yeah, yeah. and Carmarthenshire is a brilliant thing. Thank you for your time. Right. Keep up the great work. Uh, maybe we'll come along for a, a, a pre-season training for Fraser and I for our, our next yeah, yeah. event and see how long we can last. <laughs> we'll have to give that a go for a follow-up article, Fraser. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll um, Bill and I are going to go in the Narbuth Cafe, Bill. Right, yeah. and have a coffee yeah, and a Mars bar, mate. Yeah, I'm happy to watch. Yeah, it does. And a Mars bar, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> Dorian, you're, wel- you're welcome anytime. Thank you very much for being sure, with us on the show. Thank and you, Dorian. Talk yeah, thank you, next. Dorian. We'll do that Thanks. next on Pure West The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across, then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. Click and collect classics. Mum's taxi sing-alongs. Late night drive-through disco. Match your driving soundtrack to your mood by taking all your favourite radio stations and podcasts with you on the road. It's as easy as connecting your smartphone to your car stereo to listen on your favourite station app or radio app. Join radio's digital revolution. Find out how at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio, go digital. 
Hi, I'm Ben Stone, and you can join me on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with G&G Builders. All the latest sports news from around the county is featured every Monday night between 7 and 9 with my award-winning pal from PembrokeshireSport.co.uk, Bill Kahn, who teams up with Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas for the second half with the latest news, views, guests and gossip. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire-based company who've been in business for 30 years. Find out more at PembrokeshireBuilders.co.uk. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West, Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387.
Direction on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Sport for Monday evening with G&G Builders. Brilliant to chat to uh, Dorian Phillips, uh, an education uh, in terms of his involvement with tug of war, uh, Fraser and Gordon. It was brilliant to hear and brutal training sessions that he puts them through. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? You know, I, I was fortunate or unfortunate to play against Dorian. I was in the backs, he was in the forwards, mixing it up as usual. But I mean, their training sessions were incredible, a flamboyant. Uh, you know, they had, as Bill had explained earlier, concrete barrels filled with a pulling up. Mm. And then he said he was going up a hill, was it about a mile long in flamboyant? <laughs> and then for a bit of a break, they run down the hill and back up and then pull again, you know. They just. Mad, don't mad, be, don't but be they're f- strong. Don't be fooled by that composed nice guy persona we had in that second segment. <laughs> no, exactly. The guy's exactly. a slave-driving zealot. I've been on the wrong end of it. <laughs> hey, well, he was no, he was no saint on a rugby field no, either. No, I, I could imagine. <laughs> well, listen, let's talk cricket right now because Nayland yes. had a really, really good result yesterday, and they're edging towards a final at Lords, perhaps making it through into the last sixteen of the Vonius Village Cup uh, with a win over. Uh, English Midlands side Milford Hall and we've got Sean Hannon with us right now to talk all about it and to tell us uh, whether or not that Lords final is on their mind. Sean, evening, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, t- tell us about the game because uh, it-, it was pretty close, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, so it went through uh, to the final over um, and Andrew Miller finally saw us home with three balls to spare. So, um, I mean, as the game went, um, it probably wasn't until um, a couple of overs towards the end before we actually went ahead of the run rate after um, Brad McDermott Jenkins, after he come on um, for a little cameo, hit a couple of sixes, um, and that finally tipped the balance um, in our favour with literally two or three overs to go. So, um, yeah, we were chasing that one for a long period. It was a long journey. Were, were you feeling at any point this might just slip away from us before you got that 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 win by three wickets? Uh, not not really. I mean, um, it, it was probably good that the boys were fresh because we didn't have a game the day before, to be honest. Um, so it was an early start for all of us. We were on the road from like quarter to seven, and then um, and we went back to the small hour. But you know. Uh, We've been in a lot of um, sort of high pressure situations before, a lot of finals before. Um, it's probably evident that the boys didn't panic at any stage, um, even though that yeah, we were perhaps a bit behind the run rate. Um, interestingly, I, th- I think leagues um, more up the line use the Duckworth Lewis um, 
method for rain-affected games. So even on their scorecard, there was the Duckworth-Lewis pass score at the end of the over. Um, and I mentioned that we perhaps didn't get ahead until the last couple of overs because I think it was perhaps over 36 or over 37 where we were actually ahead of that Duckworth-Lewis um, pass score. So uh, I mean, it was a good indicator on, on how, you know, how close we were throughout the match. Fraser. Sure, and what's the, the key to keeping the squad, you know, motivated and performing so often at the moment? Because as captain, obviously you're competing for the league title in Division One, that's no secret. I know you've just gone out to Dougie Morris, but you've you've got the Harrison Allen Bowl you're after as well. You're competing in the Village Cup, you've got your Iron Lords there. And then I think on Sunday you go to Ammonford in the next round of the Welsh Cup, which is a competition you obviously reached a final of a couple of years ago and, and have the potential to do well in again. How do you keep things fresh, so to speak, when you, you've got so many intense, difficult yeah. fi- fixtures in such a short space of time, it seems. Yeah, I, I mean, um, availability as well. You know, we, we've got quite a, quite a deep squad this year, to be fair. There's been a couple of um, individuals stepping up to the plate, a couple of youngsters coming through as well. Um, so it's, it is balancing it. Balancing it. Um, and from past experiences, perhaps when I first started playing senior cricket for Nayland, um, when when you're winning, it's a lot easier um, to keep boys available and interested. You know, um, the hunger's still there. Um, you know, we've won won a few um, trophies in the last um, decade or so, um, but the hunger's still there from the lads. You know, we're we're all relatively young. Um, I'm from, I think I'm me and my brother is the second oldest uh, next to Windy. You know, so and we're at 33, so it's still a relatively young squad. Um, we were keen to to keep performing sure. and even putting Nayland out there on these new competitions, you know, the Welsh Cups mm. and the Village Cup, and you know, test ourselves against these uh, these other clubs, elite clubs, if you like. Phil, yeah, well done, Sean. It was nice to be talking with you straight after the game. I'm very lucky, Ben. They're good as gold. Nayland have got a really good media system where they always let the local press know. <clears throat> I was interested. Um, you know, to, to hear that the game was in, in danger of being called off at one stage. But you had a choice then, interestingly, of uh, either holding on for the next week or a, a shootout where you'd have five people bowling at the stump. Which would you have gone for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at what point? Um, it would have been called off. So, uh, yeah, a few things did cross my mind leading up to the weekend. Um yeah, looking at the forecast, it was it was horrendous to be honest. Weather warnings, yeah. and things up in the Midlands on Friday, um, rain, heavy rain all day on the Sunday. So you know, um, they were keen on us travelling all the way up there for that Sunday because they didn't fancy the rain uh, the following week, I, I suppose. So mm. uh, it, if we got dragged all the way up there for it to be raining all day, we might have tried to. Uh, stand a bit firm and uh, return trip the week after. Yeah. We did have a bit of fun. And we, we haven't trained for a few weeks, actually, because we've had um, a lot of games in a space of time. But a few weeks ago, you know, at training, we did have a bit of a bowl-off. Um, and there was a prize people at the end of the bowl-off there. Yeah, we we had um, uh, an insight tonight into the fact you could be going to Mansfield for the next round. Well, I've just mapped it, Bill. So it's yeah. Well, Cl- I was having a wee, wasn't I? Clipstone. Thanks, <laughs> TMI, Bill. TM. TM. Um, Seventy-four, Bill. Clip, Clipstone. Clipstone and Billsthorpe, two hundred and fifty-nine miles from Nayland, yeah. and it's a, well, two weeks on Sunday. Yeah. Can I just say, 
Uh, I uh, disassociate myself from Mr. Stone's staying about, you know, only so many steps away from Lords. Now you take it, listen to an old geezer who knows, <laughs> one step at a time, because Mr. Stone has been trumpeting about England's European <laughs> Championship. England are going to Lords. And now he's even afraid to admit that they might not make the blinking next round. <laughs> so you take it one game at a time, right? <laughs> Sean, are you listening to Uncle Bill? Can I get a word in edgeways? <laughs> I'd just like to say, Sean, please, Gordon, what please. about the facilities in Nayland there now? They, they look fantastic. Have you had the chance to use the indoor areas for training and also the new clubhouse? Uh, not the indoor. Uh, I mean, we tried to uh, play the indoor league before um, mm. we did get in the indoor centre there. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a nation in there, to, to be honest. Um, like it, it could, because a lot of games recently, we, we haven't really trained for a few weeks. Um, it's a case of keeping an eye on the weather on our evening night. Uh, if there is space in the hall, you know, we, we'll we'll book the, the space and utilise it. You, 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 know, must it be, you must be delighted. You are uh, the envy of Pembrokeshire with the facilities you have now. Good. And I have to applaud... The, the facilities you've got it surely will attract better players and you're already a good side uh, yeah yeah definitely I mean from when I when we asked you know do it yourself um, net facility uh, which at the time was you know every club had, had one that you know that you tarted up at the start of each season but yeah the facilities now and um, the youngsters coming through um yeah they they don't know where yeah you know, where they're coming from from you know a decade ago even you know the turnaround at Nayland especially in the last ten to fifteen years um, has been remarkable and um, good for the future you know for the kids coming through a lot of our players now you know our kids are starting training with the all stars and things like that so you know in years to come it's, it's definitely going to be beneficial um, I mean we w you wouldn't want to be trying to attract a load of players from smaller clubs because you just don't want to see clubs fold, you know, you see in the past few years Cromach is struggling at the moment, so mm. it's a case of the facility to try and attract players from other clubs it's not very, yeah, the youth within what you've got, to be honest Yeah well, listen, Sean, um, we're, we're going to leave it there because we are almost out of time. But good luck for the, the next round. Uh, keep up the great work at Nayland. We will follow this story with interest. And you're welcome on the show anytime. Thank you very much for being with Thank us. Great. Thank you, Sean. Uh, good good luck for the rest of the season, Sean. Excellent yeah. stuff. Thank you. And we are pretty much out of time. There was uh, one or two interesting scores in the Pembrokeshire uh, Cricket League. There were a few matches off as well. Uh, Fraser due to COVID as well, weren't there, over the weekend? Yes, it's actually a Pembroke County Club meeting tonight. And I think it's a situation they should be discussing really now because there hasn't been any precedent set mm -hmm. for what happens with COVID games. And there has been an outbreak in Greenhill School. If, if this is going to transpire and be a problem in the next few weeks, you don't want a load of rearranged games with, with any kind of rules attached to them, trying to fit them into Sundays in August. So I'd like to think that's been discussed pretty vehemently as we speak. Yeah. Actually. We'll follow that one and we'll have more, of course, from the Pembrokeshire Cricket League on the show next week. Uh, Bill Gordon Fraser, enjoyed your company. Two great guests this evening, I yeah. thought, as well. Uh, good luck, England, tomorrow. Yeah, they need no. it. No, no. Good, good luck, Wales, of course, no, on yes. Saturday in and the last Scotland. 16 in and Amsterdam. Scotland. It's going to be fantastic, that. That's going to be a great occasion. We'll be back next week. It's Making Noise with Rob Parker next up, right here on Pure West Radio. 
From St Ishmael's to St Dogmiles for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. With the latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Kim Thomas.